everyone, and welcome to Eagles 360. Eagles insider Dave Spadaro, along with Chris McPherson on this Monday at the NovaCare Complex. And let's be honest, Chris, it is a very sobering time here at the NovaCare Complex, knowing that this is the final week of the season, which remarkable feeling after kind of all the high expectations going into the regular season after a fine, fine preseason. Outstanding preseason and probably set the expectations way too high for this football team with so many new pieces needing to gel throughout the course of the year. But hey, at one point this team was 4-4. Four and four. They were not able to get it done down the stretch. And the Redskins game on Saturday night just showed some of the same problems that we've seen throughout the course of the season from drops and inconsistent play on offense to too many breakdowns on the defensive side of the football, especially in third down situations when a play was needed to be made. So the same storylines reared their ugly heads once again, and that's why the Eagles, for the second straight year, Dave, are on the outside looking in when it comes to the playoffs. And for the second consecutive season, the Eagles eliminated by Washington. The playoff hopes of the Eagles dead once again. And we'll look ahead to 2016 in due time. Today we want to talk specifically about this Eagles team and what has gone wrong in 2015. Later on, Brian Westbrook will join us via Skype right now. However, well, Chip Kelly meeting the media on this Monday. Alex Smith covers it in our Eagles 360 update. Hi, everyone. I'm Alex Smith, and this is your 360 update. The Eagles are back at work here at the NovaCare Complex as they get set for the regular season finale against the New York Giants on Sunday. Today we heard from Eagles head coach Chip Kelly, and one of the first topics that he addressed was the Eagles defense as they struggled against the pass against Washington on Saturday night. And according to head coach, one of the most frustrating parts about this defense is that every week it seems to be something different as you can't pinpoint just one problem where the team has been inconsistent. Like I said earlier, in the Arizona game, we got the ball run on us. You know, and Johnson, they, they did a really good job of running the ball on us. In this game, we did a good job in the run defense, but we didn't, we didn't do a very good job at all in the pass defense, especially versus their tight ends and their running backs. So it's, it hasn't been the same consistent theme. Um, so there's not one thing to say, hey, we need to, if we fix this, we're going to be good. On, we're going to be good. It's, and that's the frustrating part. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's, that's the part that's aggravating, to be honest with you. After the game on Saturday night, quarterback Sam Bradford expressed that he wants to be here in Philadelphia next season and moving forward. And while his contract is up after this year, Kelly said that it's no surprise to him that Bradford wants to be back here as an Eagle. I know where Sam stood the whole the whole season, and I know we know we're on the same page in terms of what, where we are. It's just we we don't negotiate during the during the season with anybody, um, so that wasn't a hey, we don't want Sam back. That's just the way it is. You know, a player shouldn't be worried about a contract while the season's going on, and that'll be something we'll address after the season. But that may be news to you guys. It's not news to us that Sam is happy here. So, Six and nine is certainly not where the Eagles thought they would be through 15 games here in the 2015 season. But according to head coach Chip Kelly, even though things haven't gone the way the team has hoped, this still isn't a bad football team. Yeah, it didn't go our way, but I don't think we're a bad football team, not by any stretch. You know, and I, and I can point to plays, and I think we're not consistent that we need to be consistent, and I don't think we've done a good enough job as coaches in putting them in position to make plays, but I don't think that, you know, we need to re revamp this entire group of guys because I think we've got some really, really good guys. That'll wrap things up here from the NovaCare Complex. Be sure to stay tuned to PhiladelphiaEagles.com throughout the week for all the latest coverage, including our live press conferences from Coach Kelly, Sam Bradford, D'Amico Ryans, and Malcolm Jenkins. Thanks so much, Alex. Chris, interesting little side note here. Uh, if the Eagles lose this game, this is kind of a battle for London, the loser of the game on Sunday 
goes to London to play the Rams next year. The winner of this game on Sunday plays a road game in Seattle next season. Is that, do I have that correct? That's correct. So either way you're traveling, the thing is you don't want to back into a London game, so to speak. Now, it would be a road game either way, so the Eagles don't lose a home game, which is very important. But it's been a long time since the Eagles have played internationally. You've covered the Eagles yeah. in some of the... 1991, cool. I believe, yeah. Certainly. So definitely a different flavor there. But I want the Eagles to end on a high note and beat the New York Giants, right. and that's, not go right. into the offseason on a down. Right, that's kind of the way it works in the NFL. You play to win the games, and that is the objective here. The players report back to the Novacare Complex on Tuesday, and their sights set on the New York football Giants. When we return to Eagles 360, we've got a lot to get to. We're going to talk about the defense. We're going to talk about that. But first, we're going to talk about Sam Bradford. Now, has he done enough, in your minds, to win a contract here with the Philadelphia Eagles? Is he the player around which you build for this Eagles offense? We'll talk about it when we return to Eagles 360. Catch holiday cookie cheer on the tip of your tongue with Dunkin' Donuts holiday cookie-flavored coffees. From 2 to 6 p.m., enjoy any medium latte or macchiato for $1.99. America runs on Dunkin'. Electrolytes to replenish. Everything you need to keep sweating. Perfect beer for proving victory is spelled E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles fans, score a touchdown of your own by downloading the new McDonald's app for some delicious deals on the download. Offers are updated weekly, and you can receive a free sandwich just for downloading the app. McDonald's. I'm loving it. We welcome you back to Eagles 360. Eagles insider Dave Spadaro along with Chris McPherson. We're now joined via Skype by the Hall of Famer, former Eagles running back Brian Westbrook. Brian, happy holidays. Happy New Year to you and yours. Happy holidays, guys. Thank you very much. We are, we are uh, anxious to speak to you now. You've gone through these seasons before. First, the mindset of a player heading into the last week of a season. Well, it's always tough as a player because you put so much time and energy at being focused on winning football games. And you still want to invest that time and energy. It's just a little bit harder knowing that you're not playing for a playoff berth. I think it's the coach's job at this point to understand that uh, he has to express to his players, you're not only playing to represent yourself, your family, but you're also putting your tape together, the same type of conversation that you have in the preseason. You're putting your tape together for the 31 other teams, including uh, you have to include ourselves as a team too, 
And you're trying to represent yourself on that tape because you never know what happens in the offseason. All right, Brian, we have a couple of players, a couple of positions we want to go through first. Starting with quarterback Sam Bradford, the last six games, his quarterback rating at 95. He's thrown the football very well. He's been tough in the pocket. He's shown mobility. He's been a leader. Sam Bradford, does he stay? Does he go? What do you do with Sam Bradford and the quarterback position? I think in the NFL, it's hard to be successful as a team if you continue to change quarterbacks year after year. Uh, I, I think Sam has improved enough that he should be given another chance uh, to come back, fulfill an, a, an entire offseason to figure out how to become a better player, to get healthy, all those types of things. Um, he's done well enough to, to, to fulfill that offseason, be able to come back as a starter next year. Brian, where have you seen the most improvement in Sam Bradford's game from the start of the season to now? Well, I think he's become a much more decisive thrower. I think he's much more accurate. I think the guys depend on him for his leadership a lot more than they did early in the season. And that just comes with time. Um, and, and, you know, this thing here, it's hard to find uh, franchise quarterbacks throughout the league, period. And only a few teams have them. I think they have the buildings and the beginnings of a franchise type of guy in Sam. And if he can continue some of those things that he's gotten better at uh, in the offseason, I think it'll be fine the time the season comes. So, so Brian, how, how does it work with players? What is the process once the season ends between now and when free agency begins in March? Well, for a player, you want to take a little bit of time off, make sure that your body gets completely healthy. And for Sam, uh, coming off the ACL the year before, he probably really hasn't had an offseason where he can focus on just getting better and perfecting his game. Most of his offseason, kind of like mine, are usually dealing with uh, trying to get healthy uh, from the previous season. But I think this year he'll spend some time of getting healthy, but he'll spend a majority of his offseason just perfecting his game and, and truly becoming a better quarterback and understanding schemes a lot better. And if you can use that continuity from the things that he learned from the early part of this year to the end of this year and into the offseason to get better, he'll be a much better quarterback by the time August comes around. Where does the business side of things fit into into this? How does it work in terms of talking to the team, getting things all buttoned up before March? Is this something that happens right away? Does a player want to get away from the game for a few weeks and let things settle? Generally, what happens there? Well, th that's the tough part of things uh, for Sam, his agent, and probably for the team. I, I think the team should want to bring Sam back. I think Sam, uh, just from his comments the last couple of days, he wants to come back. And I think his focus probably is going to just make sure that he locks things up pretty quickly. Of course, his agent uh, is going to try to uh, go out there and look at the different teams and find out his value. But I think if Sam kind of drives this thing with his agent and with the team, uh, that will ensure his ability to get back to the Philadelphia Eagles pretty quickly. B. West Bradford posted a career high in terms of passing yards Saturday night against the Redskins. But the one thing that probably could help the Eagles even more would be better production from the wide receiver position. What have you seen from the outside guys? We know Jordan Matthews has been very productive in the slot, but what about the outside guys like Josh Huff, Riley Cooper, and the rookie, Nelson Aguilar? Well, the, the truth is when you look at outside receivers across the league, the good ones, they have a combination of speed and the ability to catch the football as well as separation. I think this year we, we, we struggled with, I think Aguilar, he has the speed. Huff has the speed. Riley Cooper is not blazing fast, but he, his speed is good enough. They struggle with getting the separation and catching the football. And so for them, 
um, part of part of catching the football is getting the separation, which kind of goes hand in hand. If you get that separation, you're a little bit more open. You'll do a better job of catching the football. So I start with that. I think Aguilar, as a rookie, as well as Huff, they have to find out how to begin to use their body and how to get that separation. That means stemming the defender up, giving them a head shake, things like that, and being able to run better routes. And I think they, they have that ability, and this offseason would prove big for both of those players, Huff, as well as Aguilar. If they can run much better routes, crisper, more accurate routes, get the separation that they need one in one-on-one coverage, they'll become much better players. If they remain this, the way that they are, they're not going to be very good players in the NFL. Brian, focusing on Nelson, how much of a jump can a player make from year one to year two in this offense? Well, you know, Chris, the, the truth is, up until the last couple of years, rookies, and especially at the wide receiver position, have not made a major impact until you run into guys like uh, a Beckham Jr. up there in New York, guys that are able to do it at a young age. But uh, it wasn't, you know, up until recently that guys took a couple years to develop. And I think Aguilar, he has a speed. He has all the talents. It's just going to take some time for him to put those things together into one total package. And that could come in this offseason. That could come in the following year. But I think his experience this year will help him grow and to become a better player next year. And most people say the most growth that players have is usually between their first year and their second year. Brian, moving on to tight ends, Zach Ertz has been really productive of late. Brent Selleck, another year, a good blocker, physical guy, strong leadership, veteran, but he's up there in age. And they've got Trey Burton who's developing. As you look at the tight end position, is it a priority moving forward to upgrade? Do you think Zach Ertz can get to that really elite level that the Eagles have kind of been hoping he would get to? I think Zach Ertz is a fantastic player. I think they should lean on him a little bit more because he has that playmaking ability. He can run similar routes to Jordan Reed, and we just got a big dose of him this past week uh, in Washington. I think when I look at this position, I think Brent Selleck, who has done great for the, for the Eagles for a long time, blocking, just doing whatever the coaches need him to do, he's done a great job. I think Chip Kelly probably wants to move forward and, and get a younger guy in there that can be a much more of a passing threat, that can be a little bit more athletic. Um, and that's probably means saying goodbye to a, a great player in Eagles history and Brent Selleck. Um, Trey Burton hasn't had a lot of time as far as ability to play, so they'll probably just come with another tight end, probably a younger guy as they move forward. All right, Brian, we're going to ask you to hang in there. We're going to take a little break on Eagles 360. And when we return, we've got more to talk about we're going to talk about the offensive line, which has been an issue the entire season. And the running back position, well, we thought going into the year that it would be just a playground of opportunities. Instead, it has been really, really tough for running backs coach Deuce Staley to work in DeMarco Murray and Darren Sproles and Ryan Matthews and have them be productive. We'll talk about that with Brian Westbrook, the Hall of Famer, when we return. Hi, my name is Jim Taylor. I've been with Acme for 34 years. Our Lancaster brand beef is the best around. We cut our meat fresh every day. We actually have customers come from other stores just for our meat. Freshness is our number one priority. No one beats our fresh fish. We have the freshest apple, the crispiest lettuce. Fresh produce is what we do. We do the best cake decorating in the area, hands down. 123 years strong. Come on in, you'll see the changes, you'll feel it, you'll love it. 
What if this year, we went around the table and instead of saying what we're thankful for, we said who we're thankful for? Lincoln Financial helps provide financial security for those who are always there for you. Because this is what you do for people you love. Take charge of your now at LincolnFinancial.com. Lincoln Financial, you're in charge. I got tickets, metro tickets. You need a metro ticket, talk to me, please. How do I even know these are real tickets? Yeah, you, you know, you just touch it. How do I know they're legit? Is this leather legit? I mean, how do we really know? It looks good, right? Is the metro paying you to do that? No, I'm paying myself. I gotta oh, make profit. That makes more sense. Does the baby need a metro ticket? I'll give her one on me. These tickets, they're not stealing your soul. You can look at them. Man, nobody wants to buy tickets from a guy on the street. I don't understand. We are back. It's Eagles 360. Dave Spadaro, Eagles Insider, along with Chris McPherson, joined on Skype by Brian Westbrook, former Eagles running back, current Hall of Famer here in Philadelphia. And we've got some pieces of the offense that really have just not come together this season. Let's begin with the offensive line and the mess that really is up front. We knew going into the season that the guard positions would be something to watch, letting go of uh, Evan Mathis and Todd Harriman's and using Andrew Gardner and Matt Tobin on the right side, using Alan Barber on the left side. Hasn't worked out to the way the Eagles wanted. Uh, Jason Peters made the Pro Bowl, his sixth as an Eagle, but a lot of injuries has not been vintage Jason Peters. Probably hasn't been vintage Lane Johnson. Certainly hasn't been the best of Jason Kelsey either. As you look in the big picture, Brian Westbrook, what do you see with this offensive line? How do you get it back to the 2013 level? Well, I agree. A lot of guys have struggled uh, on that offensive line. And, and the best offensive lines in the league have continuity. We talked about it at the, the quarterback position. But it, it stands true to form at the, the offensive line position, probably even more so. You have five different guys that need to be going in the same direction at the same time. And the longer that you can keep those guys doing that, of course, uh, together, of course, they're, they're much better at that. And so I think uh, offensively, you spoke the truth there, Dave. Lane Johnson has to play better, and I think he can. Um, the, the two guards, the, they struggled all year long. I think they're going to try to replace those guards moving forward here. Jason Peters has to find a way to get healthy. If he does get healthy, he's still going to be one of the better left tackles in the game. And Jason Kelsey, I think in the offseason, this is important for him. He has to gain a little bit of weight, get a little bit stronger, so that at the point in the middle of that offensive line, um, he can still be productive. And I think Chip Kelly has to be very, very careful how they use Jason Kelsey as far as him pulling and things like that because with the weakness at guard the guard position with Jason Kelsey pulling interior defensive linemen were able to penetrate that offensive line early on in the season and that set their running backs back uh, a, a whole light a whole lot early on in the season and that doesn't allow you to establish a run game Brian let's get your take on the running back situation here in Philadelphia the Eagles made a significant investment to get DeMarco Murray, as well as Ryan Matthews in free agency. Obviously, they have Darren Sproles in, in the fold as well, and then Kenyon Barner, who's progressed and risen the ranks to be a part of the active roster and has earned some playing time throughout the course of the season. Now, are the struggles for the running backs a case of the offensive line not being able to produce the blocking needed, or have the Eagles not been able to find the right way to utilize all the backs in this offense? Well, it's tough. I, mean, I think with the struggles with running backs across the league usually are a combination of both of those things. Um, of course, you need that, that push up front with the offensive line 
and, and it doesn't matter what running back you have, the best one or the worst one, if you don't get uh, good offensive line play, you'll never be successful as a running back. So the offensive line, the guys in the trenches play a big part uh, in the success of a running back. And then, uh, you know, as far as the, the, the rotation of guys, I, I think truthfully, Darren Sproles is not a 15 carries a game type of guy. He's not even a 10 carries a game type of guy. He can give you a spurt here and there, but I wouldn't count on him as being my, a regular part of my running back rotation uh, moving in the future. I think Ryan Matthews could be a guy that I, I can lean on for 12 to 15 carries a game, provided that he can stay healthy. Unfortunately, even before he left San Diego, he hasn't been completely healthy for stretches of his, of his, of his career. And so you worry about that. DeMarco Murray, his style just doesn't seem to fit this offense. Um, he's much better suited for a downhill running game where he can get, keep his shoulders square to the line of scrimmage. He, he, that'll fit his, his style much better. Um, and, and, and so when I look at that group as a whole, we, we have some holes in that group. Really, Ryan Matthews is the only guy. I think you want to sprinkle in a little bit of Keon Barner there, but I think you still have to go out and get another guy, especially, especially if you make a decision to, to move DeMarco Murray on. Brian, it's interesting you say that. Um, I, I wonder that you're not, you're not going to get rid of DeMarco Murray. I mean, the contract is not one that allows pretty much, a, unless you have some sort of Houdini move here. The question is, with DeMarco Murray, do you scheme the offense to fit him, or is he going to be just another really expensive afterthought in the Eagles' offense next year? Well, he's not going to give you very much on special He's not going to give you anything on special teams. So either if you're chip and you spent all this money on him, I'm going to figure out this offseason how I can get him involved in the game, how I can make DeMarco Murray, who was a league leader last year uh, in rushing yards, involved in our offense. And so I'm going to spend a much of my offseason, majority of it, trying to figure out what's the best move for him because this has to – for this team to be offensively successful, they need a running game. And you have one of the game's best in your backfield. You have to figure out how to match uh, your scheme to the personnel that you have. That's one of the coaches – uh, toughest jobs uh, either in this offense or any offense across the NFL. How do you fit your, fit your schemes to match the personnel that you have? I think Chip Kelly can figure that out. I think it's going to it's going to be a lot different, and the offense will look a lot different than it has in the last couple of years. The Eagles 15th in the NFL in rushing offense, and Demarco Murray 45.2 yards rushing per game. Nobody nobody saw that coming. We've got a lot more to get to here. On Eagles 360, Brian Westbrook stays with us. Dave Spadaro along with Chris McPherson. And we're going to talk about the defense next. It has been a really tough road for coordinator Bill Davis with one game to go. When you get away from smartphones and video games and tablets, it's amazing what you can really plug into. This season, shop the brands you love, plus thousands of items on sale now. Sports Authority, all things sporting good. We're going? What's going on, gentlemen? How are you doing? Sorry for crashing your draft party. I bring you a Philadelphia Eagle. Obviously, uh, you guys love season-long drafts. We love it, too. 
You can continue with your season-long draft, and then you can draft a new team every week. We're giving away $2 billion in prizes this year. If you win, you get instant cash back. You can sign up for $1. I step to Philly. I step to Philly. Yo step to Philly? The bus. The trolley. The train. Route 124. Route 23. I step to Philly. The 17 to training. Jenkintown. To her house. His house. To Betsy's house. City Hall. FTC. Delco. Media. To work. To school. To the mall. Abuelas. Broad Street. To the game. I step to Philly. Anywhere. Be the playmaker in Madden 16. Available now. Welcome back to Eagles 360. Dave Spadaro, Eagles Insider, along with Chris McPherson and Brian Westbrook. Now we are talking about an Eagles defense that statistically, and when you watch it, it just does not get the job done. Eagles among the league's worst in just about every single category. We begin with our conversation on the defensive line. Fletcher Cox, a Pro Bowl and hopefully an all-pro kind of season, but not enough. The run defense poor, uh, the pass rush sporadic. Uh, but still, Brian, it seems like there are some pieces in place up there if you can get some help around the defensive line. You're right. I think there are some pieces in place. I think Benny Logan, I think he can play. I think Cedric Thornton can play. And I think both of those guys uh, have enough of that, that dog inside of them to be aggressive run stoppers and players up front. Fletcher Cox, of course, is the uh, bell cow, those, those front three right there. So I, I think those three are good enough to win in the NFL, truthfully. You bring in Bear and things like that. I think you can win with those guys. Um, we need more production from our outside linebackers. Quite frankly, Brandon Graham and Connor Barman, they have to find a way to get pressure on the quarterback. That means you need more, uh, a, a better rotation. That means they need to be able to come out of the game from time to time. That means your reserve linebackers have to play much better. We, we really haven't gotten much from Marcus Smith and we don't have any other outside linebackers. And so that forces Brandon Graham and Connor Barwin to play an awful lot of the game. And you just it's just hard to play defense that way. So their production went down. If we are able to find an edge pass rusher this offseason, that would definitely help uh, that defense. B. West, how much do you think it hurts the Eagles defense, the fact that they are on the field for so many snaps? It's been a reoccurring theme for the past couple of seasons. When you look at the depth on this defense, how much do you think it hurts having to be out there for snap after snap, drive after drive, to the point where you're almost playing another full game by the end of the season? Well, Chris, just look at how good this defense was early on in the season. You're talking about one of the top 10 run-stopping defenses in the league. And, and just over time, guys wear down, teams wear down, defenses fatigue. And when you're playing 40 minutes consistently for game after game after game, of course it wears on your defense. Of course it makes those guys much more susceptible for injury, as well as fatigue uh, makes big plays even more likely for an offensive team. And so uh, defensively, being on the field that much time definitely has an effect on your team. That's one of the things that many coaches across the league are trying to guard against. They don't want their defense on the field that, because that means the other team's offense is on the field. And so uh, Coach Kelly has to take a good look at how many plays his defense is on the field and how much time his defense is on the field for next year. Brian, inside linebacker, we thought going into the season that D'Amico Ryans would get back to health and that Michael Kendricks would take the next step and that Kiko Alonso would be, as Chip Kelly described him, a three-down linebacker. And then the Eagles could bring third-round draft pick Jordan Hicks along slowly and he could learn the ways of the NFL. And 
Turns out that Hicks, the most valuable player perhaps on this Eagles defense, Kiko Alonso has been unable to really contribute much at all. Michael Kendricks has not taken the next step, and D'Amico Ryans looks like he's on the wrong side of 30 here. What do you do with the inside linebacker position? Yeah, I think you have to find another guy. I think D'Amico Ryans, you're right. He is aging, and Father Time is undefeated. He's had a couple of injuries coming off the Achilles. It's just hard to compete at that position coming off as many injuries as D'Amico's has faced. Um, when, when I look at Kendricks, I'm talking about all the athletic ability in the world, and he's just not able to be in the right place at the right time to make those plays. I mean, he's there. He misses tackles. He's in the wrong position uh, in, in the pass sets, and he's allowing receivers, tight ends to get inside of him. He's just not playing very disciplined football. Kiko Alonso, I still believe, can be a decent player. We haven't seen that yet from him. And I, I believe that he needs a total offense, uh, offseason, uh, just like Sam Bradford, to, to not work on getting healthy, but work on perfecting his craft. And then we'll see what type of player he is next year. And, and you know, Hicks, I think he came in and played well. We'll see some more uh, of the rookie next year. But they definitely need another guy that can anchor the middle of that defense. You're talking about teams that are able to run the ball right up the middle of your defense. When you bring in substitute defensive linemen and you have those linebackers in there, you can't compete. You're allowing teams to run the ball four or five yards a carry. That's not the way. Any, any defense that gives up four or five yards a carry will be in trouble down the road. That makes your safeties come up closer to the line of scrimmage, which makes it easier for teams to pass the football on you as well. Brian, you mentioned there schematically the stress that the coverage aspects has put on the cornerbacks there because of the safeties having to come up. How much pressure, added pressure, do you think it puts on the corners on the outside because of the fact that uh, there's been struggles in the middle of the field in terms of coverage this year? Well, well, Chris, it definitely takes a lot of, it puts a lot of pressure on those guys. Even having Malcolm Jenkins come up uh, into the slot uh, puts a lot of pressure on those guys. I mean, when, when you talk about it, Malcolm Jenkins being in the back of the, the secondary in the, the normal safety position, that's a position of strength. Now that that everyone knows exactly where to be because he can line you up, and you know that Malcolm Jenkins is, is really in the middle of the field. When you bring Malcolm Jenkins up into the slot to check the slot receiver, you bring Marigos in or Reynolds in, that weakens your defense. And, and so anytime that they do that, I always was concerned whether that defense was going to be more susceptible to big plays down the field. And as it turned out, it definitely was. Um, Byron Maxwell has to become a better player. And I think Nolan Carroll, when healthy, has to become a better, better player. I think I was surprised by Eric Rowe. He competed all season long after getting beat up by Calvin Johnson. And I think his play the last couple of weeks gave the coaches as well as himself some confidence that he could play on this level at the cornerback position. Nolan Carroll will be an unrestricted free agent. Walter Thurman will be an unrestricted free agent. Yep. Byron Maxwell will return. And, Brian, we got the description of Byron Maxwell. We watched him in Seattle, long, tall. Chip Kelly said he was a physical cornerback when he signed him. Um, what do you do with Byron Maxwell? How do you get him back to that level where he may not be a Pro Bowl player, but he certainly is a, a help to the defense? Yeah, you know, I don't know that he's a physical player at the point. Uh, meaning on the line of scrimmage, not allowing guys getting off. He doesn't have uh, overwhelmingly great speed for catch-up speed. Um, and so as a defense coordinator, you have to be very smart how you use him. You put him in zone situations. And the problem that I've seen with Byron Maxwell is this, is when he has inside leverage, he gives that up pretty quickly, or he gets beat on the outside, and he doesn't have the makeup speed uh, to catch guys. I've seen him in the off position, and he's given up the slant. 
So Billy Davis, the defensive coordinator, they have to figure out what's the best position for Byron Maxwell, really for any any cornerback. And the same thing that I said about DeMarco Murray, putting him in places and schemes that he can be successful, that's the same thing you have to do with your cornerbacks. Put them in schemes and places that they can be successful, and you have to figure out what's those guys' strengths. Right now, I'm not sure what the strengths of Byron Maxwell are. Oh, really, or the defense. 29th in rushing yards allowed, 28th in points per game, 26th in yards allowed this season. And the red zone yeah. has just been bad. really a disaster for the Eagles. We've got one segment to go here on Eagles 360. When we return, we talk about a strength of 2014 that hasn't quite played to that level. Still good, but not dominating. We talk about special teams when Eagles 360 returns. Catch holiday cookie cheer on the tip of your tongue with Dunkin' Donuts holiday cookie flavored coffees. From 2 to 6 p.m., enjoy any medium latte or macchiato for $1.99. America runs on Dunkin'. I got tickets, metro tickets. You need a metro ticket, talk to me, please. How do I even know these are real tickets? Yeah, you know, you just touch it. How do I know they're legit? Is the, this leather legit? I mean, how do we really know? It looks good, right? Is the metro paying you to do this? No, I'm paying myself. I gotta oh, make profit. Makes more sense. Does the baby need a metro ticket? I'll give her one on me. These tickets, they're not stealing your soul. You can look at them. Man, nobody wants to buy tickets from a guy on the street. I don't understand. What makes a temple owl? Meet Stella. She's wise, fierce, and she's not alone. Temple University, where owls call home. We are the cherry and white. The city is our classroom, and we lead the rush hour, making our mark on every field around the world. A world without Temple, well, that's like the sky without the North Star. Temple, never stopping. Bud Light, the perfect beer for proving victory is spelled E-A-G-L-E-S. Right now, Santander will pay you when you open and use a new Santander checking account. Now there's something to celebrate. Learn more at SantanderBank.com. Our final segment here on Eagles 360, Dave Spadaro, Chris McPherson, Brian Westbrook, and we're talking about special teams that in 2014 ranked first in the NFL, according to Rick Gosselin of the Dallas Morning News in a comprehensive study. They will not rank first, Brian Westbrook, in 2015, but they've been pretty good, and Donnie Jones, Eagles punter, has been outstanding. Donnie Jones has done a great job, and in this game, you have to play field position from time to time, and Donnie Jones has done a great job of just booming some kicks. Um, I'm not sure exactly what game it was, but Sam Bradford took a big sack on third down and, and forced and went backwards, lost 10 or 12 yards. Buffalo. Then Donnie Jones boomed the 55-yarder, which, which made it almost impossible for that team to drive the field. And so I, I think he's done a great job of putting the defense in great positions as well as protecting the offense for some of the mistakes that they have made. Brian, what do you think of Darren Sproles from the punt return standpoint, one of the league leaders once again named to the Pro Bowl for the second straight year? How important was it for him to come off his strong 2014 campaign and bounce back and have two more punt return touchdowns here in 2015? You know, I always laugh when I, when I see teams kicking the ball to Darren Sproles. I'm like, well, you know the offense struggles from time to time. Why would you ever give them any 
any type of momentum, any chance to be successful, especially with Darren Sproles back there, one of the best returners in the last 10, 15 years. Um, you know, I think he did another another good job on special teams. Um, like I mentioned, I'm shocked that teams still continue to kick the ball to him. I think Dave Phipps, the, the, the special teams coordinator, continues to do a good job to get the core group of guys ready to play every single week. And that includes Darren and his ability to return punts has been incredible again this year. Brian Caleb Sturgis has done a pretty nice job coming in, replacing Cody Parkey. Both under contract next year. Do you see a kicking competition for the job? Well, there probably will be a competition, um, depending on how Parkey comes back from injury. Sturgis has done a pretty decent job. I don't have a problem with him. I, of course, he missed a couple early on, but he's been pretty consistent as of late. Uh, you know, for a kicker, you'll throw a competition in there and go from there. All right, Brian Westbrook, always dis everybody dismisses the kickers like they're not yeah, part of the they're team. They're just kickers. They're athletes. <laughs> <laughs> Brian Westbrook, Happy New Year to you. Thank you so much for your great work this season, and we will talk to you in the offseason ahead. Should be a very interesting one for the Philadelphia Eagles. Thanks, guys. Take care. All right, Brian Westbrook. Chris McPherson, Dave Spadaro. I think that's going to be actually a competition at kicker. Am I crazy? Does anybody care? Uh, it's I know very, there's a million important. other things to talk about. No, obviously it's not the priority from a knee standpoint, but I think Caleb Sturgis has acquitted himself nicely after some early season struggles. But to me, Cody Parkey, especially with the long-distance field goals and how clutch he was for the Eagles last season. But, of course, you have to see how does he come back off the injury. Is he the same kicker that he was in 2014 as opposed to what he was at the beginning of 2015. So what's ahead for us this week? Well, we've got something for you here. Our Amoroso's on the menu segment on Tuesday. Glenn Mack now joins me in studio. His five takeaways from Saturday night's loss to Washington. Joe Dolan, a final fantasy spin. Did you win your fantasy football championship? Are you a fantasy football guy? Yeah. Season, so. yeah. And we take a look around the NFC East. Washington wins the division. The Eagles and the Giants play for second place, as we talked about earlier. The winner of this game plays at Seattle next season. And the loser plays in London against the St. Louis Rams. And then the Dallas Cowboys, at this point, with a top five draft pick, potentially the third pick in the draft, really struggling. But they are looking ahead to the NFL draft. So Chris McPherson, Dave Spadaro, we thank you for joining us here on this Monday on Eagles 360. Have yourselves a great Eagles day.